Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and uh, welcome to this evening's event sponsored by the Hellenic Observatory here at the London School of Economics. And it's a great pleasure to see you all here this evening to uh, <coughs> be here for, uh, I think, what's going to be a very interesting event. Our guest this evening is probably very well known to you. Kostis uh, Kadirakis is a native of Crete. He received... He received his bachelor's uh, in law from the University of Athens and subsequently studied here in the UK uh, at the University of Kent. He is a lawyer, obviously by training and by profession. He was president of the Youth Organization of New Democracy, ONEV, 1992-1994. He has served as a member uh, of European Parliament. Of course, he's been a member of Greek Parliament since 2007. He has served in the ministries of Transport and Development, 2007-2009, 2012-2014. And since January of 2016, he is the Vice President of Nea Demokratia. He is responsible for the program, uh, the electoral program of Nea Demokratia. And one would assume that if there were to be a Nea Demokratia electoral victory, he would have a high-ranking position in government. It's a great pleasure for us to welcome him here uh, this evening. The topic of uh, Mr. Hadzidakis' uh, talk this evening is making a difference in Greece. I've had the benefit of having a look at what he has to say beforehand, but I won't say anything else right now. Uh, he was going to address some critical factors dealing with the economy, growth, development, and the consequences of dealing with the crisis. Uh, let me remind you, please, that this event uh, is a live podcast. It is being streamed, so we'd like you to be polite and not indulge in anything which you want to, wouldn't want to be repeated on mass media. And, of course, for those of you who are technologically advanced, unlike myself, you will be able to Twitter, and the hashtag is at LSE Greece. Without further ado, please join me in welcoming Kostis Kazidakis. Ladies and gentlemen, Good evening. Thank you for your kind words, Mr. Economides. And I would like to thank the London School of Economics and specifically the Hellenic Observatory and its director, Professor Kevin Featherstone, who is ill today, unfortunately. Get well soon, Mr. Featherstone, for the invitation to speak here today. I appreciate the opportunity to share with you my thoughts on Greece's present and future, and I look forward to the following discussion. Somebody to advise me how... Okay. You know, with events like Brexit, monopolizing headlines, Greece hasn't been in the news lately. You all remember the notorious 2015 Mr. Varoufakis, Grexit, front pages, and so on. However, the current situation uh, in our country is far from optimistic. What do I mean? Unemployment, despite the situations of government that uh, unemployment is 
almost low. Unemployment remains close to 20%, 18.6% December 2018. Investment, even more important, as measured by gross fixed capital formation, is at almost one-third of what it was, it was back in 2007, two years before the crisis. 61 billion euros in 2007, 23 billion euros in 2016. It is almost the same even today. Our economy has lost, despite the kind uh, words of Brussels, 12 places in the World Bank's competitiveness rankings since 2015, from 59 to 72. In the same period, and this is dramatic, our banks, despite their third recapitalization, have lost more than 90% of their market capitalization. More than 90%. Furthermore, according to Eurostat, Greece is currently last in the European Union when it comes to the effect that social transfer, such as unemployment benefits, have on the reduction of po poverty. Something is going wrong in this field. Of course, someone may say that Greece recently returned to the bond markets. Fine. Greece returned to the bond markets a few days ago, but the yield of the bond was significantly higher when, when compared to other countries in the periphery. To be specific, our bond yield was more than 10 times higher, higher than Portugal's. Back, ladies and gentlemen, in 2014, in a much more adverse climate for the European and world economy, Greece had returned to the bond markets, securing a yield which was significantly closer to that of other periphery countries about two times uh, higher than Portugal's. Today, I, I repeat, I remind, ten times higher. Greece had also returned to positive growth rate back in 2014 and was on the path to strong recovery according to EU estimations. And then what happened? You all remember, Syriza came to power promising to magically make Greece return to the years before the crisis. For six months, the whole world watched uh, as Mr. Tsipras and Mr. Varoufakis acted as if the world leaders would retreat before the mighty Syriza government. Finally, unfortunately, in the summer of 2015, with the banks closed, and Grexit closer than ever, the government decided to stop before leading our country off the edge of a cliff 
with the support, the unconditional support of the pro-European opposition, the government signed an agreement with uh, the creditors and avoided a more catastrophic scenario. But but the price Greek, uh, Greeks had to pay was great. Capital controls were imposed. The economy slid back into recession and harsh austerity measures were imposed. According to Mr. Klaus Regling, you see his photo, the head of the European Stability Mechanism, who is not an opposition leader in Greece, as far as I know. Uh, these six months cost Greece between 86 to 200 billion euros. So, to sum up, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the end of four years of Syriza rule. Four years that had a huge cost to the citizens, the banks, and the economy. During these four years, European officials made some positive comments about our country, the progress, the reforms, and so on. You are familiar with all these comments. But the bottom line is, as I mentioned, that the level of investment remains at one-third of 2007 levels, and our economy is losing competitiveness every year. What does it mean? It means that trust in the Greek economy has not been restored. And this is directly related to the policy mix this government has chosen to implement. On the one hand, the government has chosen to focus its fiscal policy, the fiscal adjustment, almost exclusively on raising taxes. Among all OECD countries, Greece had the higher increase of tax revenue as a percentage of GDP for the 2015-2017 period. And as we can see in this chart, the country's deviation from the OECD average has been growing significantly since 2015. It is worth noting that during this period, we had a constant increase of the ratio of indirect taxes to direct taxes. Something quite strange for a left-wing government. So Greeks had to pay more taxes on basic goods and services. It is clear that this kind of policy affects social welfare since the same burden is placed on the poorest and the richest citizens. So, on the one hand, we, had, we have more taxes to achieve the objectives of fiscal adjustment program. And on the other, we have an opposition in practice to structural reforms and investments. I already mentioned the negative investment statistics. Even assuming that this government 
adopted the Keynesian approach to growth, how would they justify reducing public investment to 10-year lows? Because this is the situation today. If you see how the public investment program develops in Greece. In regards to private investment, apart from the statistics, one can simply take a look at what is happening with the major investment progress projects which the government has consistently opposed in order to appeal to its left-wing base. This is demonstrated, for example, by the many obstacles created in the cases of the investments in the Skouyes mining projects, project in Kalkidiki, and of course the investment in Helinikon, the old airport of Athens, which is one of the biggest real estate projects in Greece, but has yet to start. The cost of these delays, of course, is thousands of jobs and millions in lost revenue. One doesn't have to be an economist or a political scientist to realize that Greece is in need of a paradigm shift. We need to move from a model of poverty redistribution to a model of wealth creation from poverty redistribution because this is the policy of today's government to wealth creation. We cannot go on talking about how we are going to distribute wealth without talking about how we are going to produce wealth. Within this context, our policy agenda in the New Democracy Party is based on a simple rule. Lower taxes, lower government spending, support for entrepreneurship. For us, this is the way to create new jobs and new opportunities for everyone, especially for those who are most in need. In order to achieve this, it is necessary, first of all, to restore trust in our economy. Trust is the key to recovery. Trust is the key word, in my view, as regards the Greek economy. This is the, 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 excuse me, the first fundamental condition needed to restore trust is a government that shows consistent dedication to reforms. Dedication to reforms. Reforms that will modernize our economy according to European best practices. We don't need to invent the wheel in our country and will help us move away from today's failed statist approach. <coughs> Within this context, we need a government that assumes political ownership of reforms and doesn't treat them like a necessary evil. We need political ownership of reform initiatives. However, however we must realize that it is not enough to implement the necessary policies. It is our duty, the duty of politicians, the politicians anyway, who believe in reforms, 
to underline the benefits of reforms in ways that citizens can relate to. We need to talk about the specific ways in which they will improve their daily lives. This is the key to effective policy making. As we saw in, the, in, in France recently, I refer to Gilets Jaunes, no reform can succeed with society in opposition. This is why we need to consistently underline the positive economic and social results our reforms can bring. We need social alliances and we have to build these social alliances as early as possible. Another basic requirement for sustainable recovery in Greece is the establishment of competitive tax rates, as well as a framework of tax incentives for, inv for investments. The New Democracy Party, which I represent, <coughs> has committed to reduce the single tax by 30% in two years' time, lower the corporate tax rate from 29% to 20% in two years' time, and the dividend tax from 15 to 5%. We have also committed to a further 2% tax reduction for companies with more than 50 employees that increase their workforce by 10% as well as other incentives. And we are working on a framework to promote angel investing in innovative Greek startups in order to actively support Greek innovation. We have presented these proposals, ladies and gentlemen, together with a table of proposals for reductions, reduc reductions in public spending that will create the equivalent fiscal space required for, the, for their implementation. Because, of course, it is self-evident we must not return back to the era of budget deficits. This includes maintaining the current ratio of hires to exit in the public sector, which is one to five. Syriza promises to have another ratio one-to-one. One. Outsourcing services that can be performed more effectively by the private sector. Reducing funding to public companies and organizations and implementing digital governance. This must be completed, excuse me, complemented by the establishment of a stable tax regime large-scale investments that create many high-quality jobs are hard to attract under uncertainty. We need to make sure that investors can plan for their future without fearing that from one day to the next, the rules of the game will change radically. And unfortunately, that was the case and that continues to be the case in Greece. This is the only way to attract serious long-term investors. Of course, in order to achieve this objective, we need a national consensus. I cannot guarantee that, to be frank. But anyway, what I can guarantee that is that we are going to vote 
a new tax bill and we are going to stick to this bill till the end of the term of the new government, at least for four years period. Another important step is to deal with the current lack of liquidity in the Greek economy. It is not an issue the Greek media uh, focus, focuses on, uh, but it's, it is extremely important. Decisive steps must be taken in order to reduce the record number of NPLs, of non-performing loans, with which the Greek banks are currently burdened. Only when these problems is dealt with will the banks be able to start providing much-needed loans to businesses, many of which currently see their growth potential undermined by limited access to finance. It's a dramatic problem, especially for the, for the Greek SMEs, despite the efforts made by many international institutions, including EBRD, Mr. Patsiokas. The New Democracy Party has presented a policy initiative which will tackle these problems decisively, introducing incentives to banks so that uh, they, they act swiftly, but also penalties for delays. We cannot afford to lose more time. And this is a message to Brussels and to, to Frankfurt as well. The European Commission and the single supervisory mechanism, SSM, have to evaluate the two technical solutions proposals that have been proposed by the Bank of Greece on the one hand and the Hellenic Financial Stability Fund on the other and proceed without further delays. A solution in need is needed urgently. We can't have a healthy economy without a healthy banking system. Furthermore, apart from, <coughs> let's say, narrow economic policies, taxation, banking system, etc., we need a far-reaching reform package. Of course, many reforms have been adopted even before the crisis and especially after the crisis in Greece on many fields. I have to admit it. However, we have to continue our efforts. We must make, for example, life easier for entrepreneurs by simplifying business licensing and getting rid of other bureaucratic obstacles. I have to underline at this point that when I was Minister of Development, we adopted a law concerning uh, licensing simplification. Unfortunately, the current government, for dogmatic reasons, decided to cancel in practice this law and, and narrow the scope of the law in three fields. I, 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 I wonder why. And I wonder why the creditors uh, allow uh, the government to, to adopt such an approach. Anyway, anyway we, we have to become a business-friendly country, number one. Number two, 
we also need to make our judicial system more effective. This is important, especially for the foreign investors. With initiatives such as the digitization of many judicial services and the expansion of the work hours of courts, there are simple initiatives to be taken which will improve the judicial system in Greece. Another main goal is to have a public administration system that makes citizens' everyday lives easier and helps the economy grow. This is why we must promote the evaluation of the performance of civil servants, and we are going to insist on that. We are going to insist on that, on that evaluation of the performance of civil servants and link their performance to their wage development. Finally, it is important to realize that Greece has the potential to become a center for education in the southern Mediterranean. We have to follow the path of Cyprus, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine how many young people would like to study, for example, philosophy, mathematics, or history in Greece. If we establish a wide range of programs taught in foreign languages in the Greek public universities, we can attract students from all over the world, creating significant <coughs> benefits for our economy and our society. Ladies and gentlemen, every step I have underlined is a part of the new democracy's party program. Reducing taxation, having stable uh, tax system, addressing the NPL's problem, uh, addressing the problems uh, of, of public administration, of education, judicial system, etc. On the other hand, in the last four years, the current government has proven that it does not want to move for, towards, towards the direction of European best practices. While the government has implemented, I admit, has implemented some reforms, of course, in a half-hearted manner to please our country's creditors, it cannot create the trust that our economy needs. It is more than clear after four years of Syriza rule. It is not hard to see, after all, that Syriza's political DNA is opposed to the free market and to private sector initiatives which have a key role in order for Greece for, for Greek economy to recover. This brings me to the final and most important step that is needed to restore trust in our economy. Political change. Political change will help establish a new political and economic environment in our country. And it will move Greece away from populist and statist approaches. 
at the end of the day, we have already tried these approaches, populist and stated approaches, and we have seen where they lead. For how long are we going to keep on doing the same things and expect to get different results? In a time when populism is growing in Europe, Greece needs to send a message that the, the, the European best practices are the way forward. I'm not here, ladies and gentlemen, to claim that the New Democracy Party has not made mistakes in the past. We bear responsibility for not standing up against statism and allowing the country to live beyond its, its means. It is clear, <coughs> and we have to make it clear everywhere and every day. However, we have learned from our mistakes and we also from the mistakes of other governments. And now, and our flag, let's say, is the best European practices. Uh, what had positive results in Ireland, in Spain, in Portugal, in Cyprus, this can be implemented in Greece as well. This is why we are not making any big promises. On the contrary, we are presenting, this is what I think, at least realistic proposals that will help Greece turn the page and enter a path of strong growth. Proposals that are based on policies that have worked in other countries, as I said, and there is no reason why they shouldn't work in Greece. And we are constantly adding to these proposals after extensive consultations with representatives of businesses, universities, and civil society. It is no secret that Greece has gone through many adversities in recent years. However, it is up to us to turn this crisis into an opportunity for positive transformation. And I'm certain that we'll succeed in forging a brighter future for our planet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, I forgot to mention at the outset that this particular event has a very peculiar format in that uh, Kostis Khadzidakis made a relatively short presentation, and I'm going to abuse my uh, position here as chairman of this evening's event to ask him a few questions uh, before opening it up to the audience to ask whatever questions they have. Uh, the questions that I have come in three bunches. One is to do with your economic program. The second is to do with more broad questions of politics and society. And the third is to do with something you didn't touch upon at all, but you may want to say a few words, which is uh, the foreign relations of Greece, because in the recent past we've had uh, a number of events which have caused a lot of uh, echo and noise, and I think we ought to discuss this in terms of what happens in the future. Um, so if I may start with dealing with the main, uh, the main uh, thrust of your presentation this evening, which was the economy. Um, what is the biggest obstacle that you would find ahead of you as a government in terms of implementing this program? It's an ambitious program. You talk about tax, uh, tax, lower taxes. You talk about dealing with the question of liquidity in the banking sector, outsourcing services, reforms in the areas of uh, judicial services, education, etc., etc. 
What are the biggest obstacles that you will find ahead of you in implementing this program? Up to now, the, the biggest enemy was populism. The idea that uh, we can blackmail Brussels, we can even occupy Brussels, and that uh, we can have uh, some uh, magical solution uh, in, in our country for, for reasons I cannot understand, basically, but, uh, you know, there was an audience who uh, was understanding <laughs> this, this, this uh, approach. The value added of, of Syriza was that uh, we had the populist government and we have seen the results. And now we can compare, the Greeks can compare. Of course, as I said, we made many mistakes. No doubt about that. And we shouldn't be arrogant. Uh, we should admit our mistakes and uh, we should try to have a new start uh, based on the best European practices and, and, and also trying to learn from our own mistakes. I refer to, to my, my own party. But at the same time, people learned. Uh, and, and as I said, they, they can compare uh, the, the, let's say, common sense policies and the populist policies. It doesn't mean that uh, if we win the elections, as the opinion poll suggests, uh, the obstacles will disappear. Uh, because uh, you know, a significant part of the public opinion uh, remains close to this uh, statist uh, and populist uh, approaches. But we have, first of all, to try to get a, a clear mandate in the upcoming elections. Secondly, we have to explain before and after the elections our agenda uh, and how our agenda, our program affects in a positive way the daily lives of citizens. And thirdly, we have to act swiftly in a decisive manner, trying to, to uh, have uh, advantage of, of the political mandate and, and, and present and have visible, tangible results in the first semester, I would say. This is the, the recipe I would propose to Kyriakos Mitsotakis, our party leader. On a related question, uh, again, a, a rich agenda, an extensive program, have you costed the program? Is this something that you can help us understand in terms of the, the, the numerical consequences, the financial consequences, the fundamentals of this program? When we presented these reductions of taxes I referred to, there were some members of the party, some experts, some uh, some people, anyway, uh, present in, in, in the discussions, suggesting to propose even more, let's say, dramatic reductions of taxes, uh, just to show that uh, we, we, we are going to follow another direction, and why not to impress some, some part of the audience. Uh, 
Kyriakos Mitsotakis refused to do so because we know that uh, we have to be pragmatic, that uh, there are some limits in, in the real life and also some international obligations of the country. Uh, we have some obligations concerning primary surpluses till 2060. Uh, we cannot neglect that. And that's why we decided to have a more moderate approach as regards the reduction of taxes. And at the same time, as I said, we presented a table with 11 different uh, categories of reductions uh, of public spending, not very popular, some of them, but necessary in order to avoid to come back to the era of, of budget deficits. That, that is our approach, approach, and I refer, in my speech, I refer to specific categories, specific, specific examples of, of how we can reduce public spending in order to, to, to have uh, a balanced approach, reducing taxes on the one hand and reducing government spending on the other. One of the issues that you didn't really touch on, which I think is quite central to this uh, paradigm shift, you know, the poverty redistribution to growth agenda, to strong economic growth and wealth creation, is the question of foreign investment. I understand that lowering taxes domestically will have consequences in terms of the, the, the internal market, but what happens in terms of restoring credibility? What happens in terms of being able to attract public and private funds from abroad, which are necessary, I would think, in this paradigm shift, because mm. we've seen that there's a fundamental problem in that. Mm. Look, Greece, to be frank, is not on the investment map at all. And it is obvious that uh, following the shopping list of the creditors and ticking the shopping list, uh, as the government is doing, <coughs> is not sufficient. Uh, Greece is considered as a special case by the markets, by the investors. We have to realize that. And in order to change the picture, we have not only to be credible and serious and efficient and whatever, we have to surprise in a positive way. We have to surprise the markets, the investors, everybody. Uh, that's why uh, we have decided to create, first of all, a government which will surprise even by the members of the government, uh, a national team, I would say. Uh, secondly, will try to act swiftly and decisively, as I said, uh, in order to win the game of impressions, and, and, and thirdly, to finish 80%, I would say, of our legislative work, work uh, during the first uh, semester after the election of the government. This is the way we are going to act because, as I said, and I repeat it once again, trust is the key word in the case of Greece. 
Since you bring up the word of trust, let me just shift focus slightly and talk more about politics and society. You talked about trust in the economy. And I would suggest to you that any kind of reform program, any kind of program which restores wealth, creates wealth, restores credibility, has to also create a sense of not only trust in the economy, but trust in the public administration service, and certainly trust in the political system. And this is something which I think goes far deeper than simply enacting a few reforms, passing legislation, and having an enhanced international credibility. How do you install, install a trust in the political system in a people who have undergone all these years of crisis? Yeah. We, we have to realize, I agree with you, we have to realize that the problem is horizontal. Uh, it, it, you know, the crisis in Greece is not only an economic crisis. It's, we have a social crisis, political crisis, and we have to address all three levels, let's say, of, of crisis. Uh, that's why I referred first of all, to a government uh, which will be a national team. Uh, because we have to inspire the Greeks. Uh, we don't need only the votes, but we need people who trust the government. So even the, the members of the cabinet is an important uh, factor. Uh, as far as this uh, question is concerned. Secondly, uh, another important factor is, let's say, the, the behavior of the, of, 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 of the, minister, of the ministers. Uh, the, the, even, I would say, the personal lives of, 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 of the ministers, because we have a wounded society. And in order to inspire people, uh, you, you have uh, to, 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 uh, to be something, um, let's say, not, not excellent, but anyway, uh, something uh, people can, can take seriously. And of course, uh, we have to address other issues uh, regarding uh, uh, public administration, regarding uh, problems like uh, clientelism, uh, regarding uh, public broadcast and the way public, public uh, broadcast operates in, in Greece, a series of institutional, let's say, issues where, once again, we have to follow the best European practices. The best European practices. We don't need to invent the wheel uh, in Greece. Uh, we have to realize that our destiny is to become a really European country. And uh, the, the sooner we achieve this objective, the better uh, for, for, for the Greeks. And, and, and for the political system in general and for the social cohesion in Greece. Thank you. It intrigued me that uh, this relates to another question which I wanted to ask you, and I'll finish here with the politics uh, uh, dimension of what I have to say. And that is that you, on numerous occasions in your presentation, talked about learning from past mistakes. Mm. 
And it would be interesting for us to hear what you think the key lesson you have learned as, is from which mistakes. Because uh, I assume this plugs into this idea that you know, we're not reinventing the wheel. Uh, we are learning from past mistakes, and we want to engender a degree of trust in the state, in the political system, and so we can move forward. I think some, someone has to start with Andreas Prokondreou government and the mistakes made uh, back in, in, uh, in the 80s. The idea that uh, we can, uh, can uh, live ab above our means uh, started, was initiated uh, in, in the 80s. And given the electoral success of, of PASOK, uh, uh, there were many, let's say, MPs in our party uh, inspired by this populist approach. Uh, and at the end of the day, we followed this, this PASOK uh, populist model, our party, and uh, I have personal experiences to, to refer to. I've, I've been a member of the European Parliament for 13 years. I ran for the national elections in 2007. I was appointed as Minister of Transport. We had the notorious Olympic Airways problem, uh, problem uh, uh, concerning uh, Brussels on the one hand, it was a competition issue, but on the other hand uh, concerning the taxpayer. Uh, the taxpayer paid dearly for, for Olympic Airways. We tried to address this issue, and I have to say that uh, there were reactions not only coming from the opposition party, parties, but also from, from within New Democracy. The Brussels man came to, to Athens to implement Brussels policies. Anyway, I insisted on privatizing Olympic Airways, on addressing this issue. Um, the Prime Minister at the time, Kostas Karamanlis, supported my effort, and today we had a, a positive, let's say, landscape in this field in Greece. But we had to insist. We had to overcome this uh, populist approach once again, the reactions because of, 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 of these ideas which had prevailed in Greece. Uh, and that was the kind of mistakes we made. And this is the mistakes we have to avoid. And I think that we, the Greeks in Athens, in Greece, we have the, the Greek Cypriots. Uh, which can be, let's say, our teachers, because uh, they succeeded to overcome their problems in three years' time. They are, a, let's say, a real European country without uh, any surveillance, any creditors, any troika. Uh, we have to see what they did. They had another policy mix. Which policy mix? less taxes, less public spending, and a business-friendly environment. And we have to follow 
the same model. We, after all, we have the same DNA with the Greek Cypriots. One final question. Uh, if we look abroad, if we look beyond the borders of Greece, uh, just today uh, the NATO accession protocol was signed in Brussels, uh, which puts on the map the accession of the, North, the Republic of North Macedonia into NATO. It's a serious political issue which has had immense ramifications. Uh, the Prime Minister is on an official visit to Turkey. The reports that are coming out of this visit is that it was not it was less than, than friendly, I should say. It was quite acrimonious in certain respects. The government seems to be breaking ranks with its European partners on certain issues. The Venezuelan um, Maduro uh, incident uh, situation springs to mind. What will a future uh, Neodemokratia government do in these various areas? What, is it, what are its intentions with respect to foreign policy? How does it deal with this wide range of issues which are pending in one way or the other? We're a pro, center-right pro-European party. So, no surprises as regards new democracy. Uh, we are in favor of uh, having friendly relations with Turkey, first of all, but it doesn't depend on us. Uh, we, we are going to insist on, on discussing with the Turks, but of course uh, we are not uh, ready to accept the claims of, of, of Turkey. Uh, uh, what is different uh, when you compare the situation with, uh, let's say, 15 years ago, is that uh, accession of, of Turkey to the European Union is not an option any longer, which is not necessarily positive for Greece, because that might be the catalyst for Turkey to become, to some extent, a, a European country and, and, and have better relations with, with Greece. Anyway, this is not an option. To be realistic, we have to take note and try to coexist with Turkey, uh, taking advantage that Greece is a NATO member, together with Turkey, and an EU member. Uh, Turkey is not a member of the EU. Uh, so, uh, this, this is going to be the, uh, the approach uh, as regards Turkey. As regards our neighbors in the north, uh, I know that it is extremely difficult for the Greeks to explain uh, their sensibility about this, this issue, and it is extremely difficult for the foreigners to convince Greece, Greeks to abandon this, this uh, sensibility at the same time. Anyway, having said that, uh, we have made clear what we are going to do. We voted against the agreement, the PRESPA, as we call it, agreement, uh, for the reasons we explained, because we believe that uh, Greece ceded Macedonian language and Macedonian nationality to our neighbors, uh, something the, the Greeks, the majority of Greeks, according to all opinion polls, cannot understand. It is a national wound, let's say. Uh, that's why we are going to vote against the NATO accession protocol on Friday. And as regards the European Union, we are going to 
uh, to, to ex exercise our rights uh, regarding the negotiation, the, the, the accession negotiation of this country to the European Union. Uh, that means that uh, we are going to take into account the behavior of, of, their, of our neighbors, um, um, the, the implementation of the agreement uh, itself, because after the, the approval of the agreement by the Greek Parliament, we had the, the Prime Minister of our neighboring country uh, referring to his country as Macedonia, not North Macedonia, <coughs> but Macedonia, which is not a positive sign, let's say. Okay, thank you very much. Enough of me. Uh, it's your turn now to ask whatever questions you have. I'm going to take questions, uh, two or three questions at a time. Uh, and could you please ask a question and not make a long statement because there are a lot of people who want to ask questions. And when you do ask a question, could, could you please identify yourself? There's a microphone coming around. So is it in English or Greek? In English, please. Okay. My name is Dionysia Patrinou, and my question to you, uh, Mr. Hatsitakis, is simply which sectors will be of strategic focus uh, of investment or, um, from your government? There are some uh, sectors that in Greece has competitive advantage and still now has failed to invest seriously. Can you outline those sectors that they have, the country can focus and have strategic advantage, please? Thank you. Over there, we'll have We'll hand up the back. It's coming, it's coming. Um, thank you very much indeed. Um, my name's Ewan Grant. I'm the former UK Customs Intelligence Analyst um, for uh, Eastern and Southeastern Europe, so things like VAT, excise fraud, and so on. Um, my question is based around your comment that... You, you spent 13 years in the European Parliament, which presumably gave you an awful lot of chance to observe European worst practices. Are there any particular aspects of the best practices, like the recovery you mentioned in Cyprus and, for instance, Ireland, that you'd particularly write to recommend as particularly achievable. I, I just have a word of caution. Cyprus, of course, a less broadly based economy and where the Russian money could go and all the dirty money could go a lot further. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, question over here. Elias Morsialos, LSE. Uh, thank you very much for a brief but concise lecture, Christine. You made two uh, related points. Uh, related both of them to the restart, potential restart of the Greek economy. One was the reduction in public spending, and the other one was uh, the inefficiency of social transfers. And then you made reference to the forthcoming uh, program of your party outlining 11 categories for potential reductions in public spending. But we know that the two elephants in the room of public spending are spending on human resources and spending on pensions. So you have made no commitments in terms of reducing the size of the public sector in terms of human resources, at least, and no commitments in terms of tackling uh, the thorny 
problem of pensions. Now, why is this related to your second very important point, the inefficiency of social transfers? It is because the most important component, the elephant in terms of social transfers, the room of social transfers, is against, pension, against pensions. So we're spending most of social spending on pensions, and it is all the age pensions again. So there is no redistribution to enable the young BPP Greek people to have better opportunities. So it's ex-post redistribution. There is no ex-sunday, which means health, education, entrepreneurial activity. So I'm trying to understand where are you going to achieve these efficiency gains in the public sector, particular reductions, are you going to affect the size of the public sector in terms of the workforce, and social spending in terms of pensions without affecting the good components, which are health, education, law and order, and to some extent defense. Uh, there's no room to cut further in terms of defense. Thank you very much. Well, we've got three questions there. I'll come back to you in, in a second. Uh, you have a question there on sectors for investment. You've got Elias Moser's question on efficiency, pensions, etc., etc., and you've got the question on Cyprus and Ireland and best practices and what perhaps we can learn from them. Answer whichever bits you wish. The competitive advantages of, of the Greek economy. There are three or four very well-known studies in Greece, the McKinsey study, the OVE study, suggesting the competitive advantages of, of the Greek economy. Uh, no surprises, some of them, for example, tourism. Um, <coughs> of course, we have to, uh, to uh, move away from uh, the sea and sun approach as regards tourism and uh, try to expand our activities to cultural tourism, uh, medical tourism, and, and, and so on. Shipping, of course, uh, but there are some other surprises like uh, logistics or pharmaceuticals. Um, there are, anyway, nine sectors of, of priority. But allow me to say that this is not the most important factor as regards growth in Greece. Uh, because we know what the comparative advantages of, of Greece are. And, and the Syriza government agrees, everybody agrees, even the Communist uh, Party agrees uh, on, on this issue. Uh, nobody can uh, ignore, for example, the sector of tourism. Um, in order to take advantage of these comparative advantages, you have to liberalize your economy, you have to address the problem of your banking sector, you have to proceed with some structural reforms in the judicial system, the public administration, and so on, and above all, you have to restore confidence and trust in this country. I always repeat the same word, trust, trust, trust. Uh, excuse me about that, but this is what I really believe. If we, we, we don't achieve this objective to surprise in a positive way, in Greece and abroad, uh, we are not going to meet our objectives. Secondly, Cyprus, differences between Cyprus and Greece, uh, best practices, worst uh, practices, uh, and so on. Of course, 
every country has its own specific characteristics. No doubt about that. But, uh, however, we continue to talk about countries. Cyprus is a country, Ireland is a country, Greece is a country. We are not something different, as some compatriots of mine may believe. We, we are a country. In Europe, a member of the European Union, we are lagging behind for some reasons I refer to, uh, and we have to address our basic problems, to heal our wounds and follow, and follow necessarily, in my view, the best European and, 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 and international uh, practices. Uh, and, uh, of course, despite, despite the differences as regards the economic model between Cyprus and Greece, you cannot ignore that the Cypriots insist on the free market economy, insist on a model with low taxation, uh, insist on a business-friendly environment, and we don't insist on anything of, of, of these uh, three factors I refer to. Uh, the question on, on the pension system and the social transfer is more delicate, more sensitive, and so on. Someone, despite the fact that I, I agree on some, on some points uh, raised by Mr. Mosialos, one must not neglect the fact of the fact that what happened in, in, in the Greek society since 2010. If you see statistics, you may have the conclusion of Mr. Moschalos, not to repeat the same things. But you shouldn't forget the starting point for the pensions and the pensioners. And the need for for the governments, today's government, tomorrow's government, to uh, implement its policy without having, let's say, a social revolution. Uh, so, on the one hand, you have the realistic, let's say, data uh, and approach, the, te the technocratic approach, uh, the pros, the cons, whatever. On the other hand, you shouldn't forget that you deal with, not with computers, but with human beings. So, having said that, uh, we are not going to, let's say, hide our future agenda regarding the pensions. Before the elections, Kiriakos Mitsotakis will, will present his uh, now priorities regarding this system, starting with another problem, uh, undermining the economy as a whole, which is the uh, uh, social contributions, which are unacceptably high. Uh, they are counterproductive, uh, and uh, we have to uh, take into account this factor as well, not neglecting the issues you mentioned.
Okay, well, let's take another round of questions. Let's take the gentleman in the front here. I'm uh, Alexander Spak. I'm a practicing solicitor here in London. Um, I have a different, uh, a slightly different question on the international stage. Uh, where is your government's uh, stance on the conflict between Russia and the Ukraine? I know that in the past, Mr. Tsipras's government... Today's government, tomorrow's government. Tomorrow's government. Well, yeah. when you, not if, but when you come into power. So what will be your stance on that? I know that Mr. Tsipras tried to resist the EU sanctions against Russia. Will your government play by the full rules of the EU, or will your government try to play with Mr. Putin a friendly card? Thank you very much. The lady in the middle there. Thank you very much. Uh, so my name is Peyton Berziuska. I'm a country risk analyst with the IHS market, and uh, I want to point out that we were uh, one of those analytical firms who are, which actually said that uh, Grexit is uh, not probable. Uh, and now we are looking forward to your, I mean, Greece, the new, the near democratia focus on growth and investment. But in this regards, in this context, I have um, um, a more detailed, concrete question asking about the regulatory burden that we see as a risk in, in Greece. The fact, I mean, do you, is this, the, a probable decrease in the regulatory burden in Greece part of your program? I mean, in terms of the permits that are required and, I mean, the World Bank is also focused on that and for us this is really important. Okay, thank you very much. Behind you there. Hello, good evening. Uh, my name is Panagiotis Labropoulos and I'm a student from Imperial College. So my question for you, Mr. Hatzidaki, starts from the fact that I think Nea Democratia is going to win the elections, but I think that's not going to be due to belief. It's not going to be due to hope. And the difference is action, meaning that if you believe in something, you take action. I'm saying that because a study came out showing how overqualified people from all around the world are compared to their, their work expectations when they work abroad. And the first in this category was Greeks. Meaning that if you take a Chinese or Swedish, an Englishman from all over the world with what they have, and you put them here in the UK with, an English, with a Greek person in the same environment, Greeks are more qualified. That comes to how are you going to make young Greek people believe that they can come back to Greece? How are you going to change education? How are you going to make it more relevant to the economy? And how are you going to attract people standing in this room coming back to Greece and helping this change? Thank you. Okay, let's take those three questions, and if we're lucky enough, we'll have round for, uh, uh, time for another round. Question on Russia and the Ukraine, question on regulatory burdens, and question on uh, returning youth. Today's government uh, in Greece, as you may know, threatened to veto uh, the sanctions against Russia. At the end of the day, I think they didn't insist on these uh, uh, threats. Uh, anyway, 
it is not a secret we have traditional relations with Russia, but at the same time we have traditional relations with Ukraine. Uh, and uh, above all, we are a, an EU member. And uh, I'm sure that tomorrow's government in Greece uh, will be a European government. That means that uh, we are not uh, going to spend capital, uh, political capital, in Brussels uh, like uh, today's government. I refer to Venezuela case, for example, and so on, where we have our own, let's say, Greek uh, approach because there are close relations between uh, Maduro and Tsipras. Uh, we are going to, to be, as I said, a, a real European government. We are a center-right party and uh, we are going to act and work together with our partners in Brussels in order to have a common European policy on every issue, and on this issue, of course. Um, the um, business licensing and, and all these things. Uh, if you read our agenda, our program, uh, you will be surprised in a positive way. For example, when we refer to industrial parks, we say that no licensing uh, process is, is needed. Uh, the fact that uh, there is a, a licensing process for the park itself is enough. So all the companies, all the, the you know, uh, operating within the parks uh, we, will operate without having any uh, license coming from the state. This is an example how, let's say, dramatic uh, the simplification we refer to will be. Uh, brain gain. There are no magic solutions. Uh, and I don't believe personally in specific incentives to attract back to convince the young people uh, to come back uh, to Greece. The basic incentive is to transmit a positive message that this country finally is a European country. Surprise, surprise, we are a European country. Because one of the reasons you left the country is Populism is uh, statism, is lack of meritocracy, uh, is that some ideas which prevailed are not European ideas. So we are going to work on many different fields to surprise even you in a positive manner and convince you this way to examine seriously the possibility to come back home. Okay, we've got time for one last round of questions. I'll try and take three or four. Uh, let's start over here. Just behind you, there, the lady, yeah. 
Um, hi, my name is Sharon Song. I'm from European Institute and student there. Uh, my question to you is about one sp uh, specific policy launched in 2013. It's Golden Visa Program. Uh, what is your personal opinion about this policy? Do you think this policy is problematic? And does this policy so far, like five years already passed, does this policy generate expected economy uh, outcome? And will this policy be changed in the next government? Thank you. Can you take the gentleman here? Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, um, I come from China and I'm currently a second-year undergraduate student. Uh, roughly one month ago, I visited several uh, former Yugoslav countries, which include Macedonia. And since they have already uh, agreed to change their national name, so right now at present, uh, what are the main obstacles uh, in front of the Macedonian to actually become a, a member of the European Union? Thank you. I'll take two more questions. The gentleman at the back and, and the rest at the front. Hello, my name is Thomas Kosmedis. I'm working for Fitch. Could you, you just have... hold the mic? Ah, the sorry, case, sorry. Do you have any plan, uh, because uh, we saw the vice president of the government to say about recapitalization of the bank, do you have, uh, of the banks in Greece, do you have any plan for the capitalization uh, of the banks in Greece as new democracy? That's this. Thank you. And one last question here in the front, please. Hello, my name is Andreas Kutas. I think my question relates to the previous one. Um, I heard about your plan. Uh, there is a big elephant in the room in that you mentioned slightly, and it's uh, the Greek banks. Are you aware that 70% of the capital of the banks does not exist? It's, a, it's a, what is called deferred tax assets, which is guaranteed by the Greek state, which is bankrupt. And are you aware that whoever is in government in the next 12 months might be faced with a resolution of the banks, including haircuts of deposits. And how are you planning to address this? There are lots of elephants in the room. Let's uh, ask Kostas uh, Kazek to answer those questions. Golden Visa, I was the minister who initiated the measure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Regardless, you know, I don't know if you like it or not, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it was a positive measure for, for the Greek economy. We had a lot of Chinese people and other foreigners coming to Greece and buying real estate, and uh, we'll continue this policy. I, I understand there are some objections coming from Brussels and so on, and having to do not only with Greece but with Cyprus, with Malta, other Mediterranean countries uh, ad adopting the same, the same approach, let's say. Anyway, we are going to insist, and we hope that we'll convince Brussels to allow us uh, to continue having this um, positive, as I said, for our economy, uh, golden visa program. The, um, the issue, the name issue, and our neighbors in, in the north. Okay, as I said, it is extremely difficult for the foreigners to understand Greek sensibilities and so on. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to uh, examine this issue thoroughly now and present the Greek uh, sensibilities. We made it in vain in the past. Uh, we, we did it in vain. Uh, anyway, there is an agreement. 
my let's say uh, forecast is that on Friday the majority of the Greek MPs will vote will vote in favour of uh, the accession of our neighbours to the Europe to to to, to the NATO. Uh, and then we'll have the accession to the European Union. We don't know if and when, uh, when and if this process will start. It may take, take years, but we made it clear that uh, as far as our party is concerned, New Democracy is concerned, uh, we are not going to allow them uh, to become members of the European Union, ignoring the sensibilities of the Greek people uh, and their obligation to implement the agreement uh, and not to have, let's say, even indirect claims against uh, uh, Greek Macedonia. The elephant in the room. You may refer to this problem without, uh, let's say, uh, limits and, uh, and without restrictions, uh, I don't have the same freedom. Um, this is a public meeting. I refer to the problems, uh, the, the acute problems, uh, the Greek banks are facing um, and uh, that's why I said that uh, it is not only a responsibility of the Greek government but also of SSM and the European Commission to deal swiftly uh, with, this, with this problem because I admit it is a key issue for, 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 the, for the Greek uh, economy. Um, and I hope that uh, they, they will understand how urgent the, 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 the problem the problem is. I said I said that there are two different proposals concerning the NPLs, which is the key problem. One coming from uh, the Bank of Greece, another coming from uh, the Hellenic uh, Stability Fund. Andrea, please. I understood your question, but you understood my answer as well. I said, I said, I said that uh, you are free to make comments on this issue. I'm not equally free, because my answers may be translated in many ways. But I admit that there is an issue we have to deal urgently with. Okay, thank you very much. I'm conscious that we're short of time, so I'm going to draw proceedings to an end. Before I uh, release you into the London evening, and before we thank uh, our guest profusely, could I just make a little announcement? The next Hellenic Observatory event is in this room in two weeks' time on February 20th. Uh, it's a panel discussion. The title of the panel discussion is Greece Facing the Immigration and Refugee Crisis. The speakers are Adigoni Liberaki. Lefteis Papayanakis, who is the Vice Mayor of Athens, responsible for uh, migrants, refugees, etc., and Lilian Surdi from the University of Oxford. We welcome you to come and join us in two weeks' time. In the meantime, please join me in thanking Kostis Kadzidakis for being with us this evening.